Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to Seggy Stations. The man that has a nickname, always out to say with no shame. Friday, March 11, 2022. Hope all is well out there with everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Nick Seglian here. You're listening to Seggy Station Podcast. I got my good friend, Rich Hot Takes Letty, coming through. Plenty of hoops in NBA to discuss, but we also had Carson Wentz traded to the Commanders, back to the NFC East, Khalil Mack traded to the Chargers, March Madness everywhere as Conference Championship Week is underway, and you got the Big East Semifinals, UConn in there tonight, facing Villanova, who I swear has a dude who's been playing on that team for about seven years. Somehow I got some smoke on with that. Some other smoke on James Harden. Obviously, the Lakers continue to struggle. Definitely going to be talking about that game. March 10th, circled on my calendar. Took place yesterday. Nets at 76ers. First game between the two since the Harden and Simmons deal. Ben Simmons did not play in the game. What was in the arena. James Harden, yet again, big time game. Playoff atmosphere. Coming up woefully short. Obviously about 15 games left in the NBA. Season kind of winding down. Hoop season, NBA race, MVP race. Continuing to kind of take its toll over the NBA and conversations and everything. Filtering in conversation-wise in the sports world, NFL, MLB, baseball is back. Shout out to my boy Chu, almost... Left that out. Need to give him a quick shout out. All the baseball fans, happy to hear that spring training will be starting today. You got opening day on April 7th. A few new rules instituted in the five-year CBA that was agreed upon between the players and the MLBPA and the union and the owners and all the thing that was going on with the lockout ending so abruptly after things looked so Gloomy for the MLB, obviously, for so long with the MLB lockout talks and things that kind of filtered throughout the sport because of that. But baseball is back. I think that's the main thing to be heard here. And I know my man Shu is very excited about that. And I'm very excited for him, all the baseball fans. And I'm looking forward to checking up on the baseball once it begins. But until then, I'll be watching the hoops, March Madness, plenty of college basketball games. NBA obviously is extremely important to me. Home stretch here before the playoffs, which I think the parity across the NBA is the best we've seen in a while. You got about six, seven, maybe more teams that have a chance at winning this year's championship. And I think that's first time we've seen that in a while. Look forward to getting that conversation with Rich today. It should be a good show. Appreciate all of the support for the podcast. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page at Seggy Station. Always got a live version of the podcast up on my Twitch stream. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. And still got the podcast out on Spotify, Podbean, and a few other platforms. But right now, it's time for Straight Talk. Brought to you by Seggy Straight Talk Microphone. It's always direct. Time to reflect. Should be a very interesting show for me. Very excited to be here today. Looking forward to getting into it with Rich for a quick little burst here on a Friday. Enjoy it. Emergency Father 2 is, oh yeah, it was a football. He hasn't come on to talk baseball. I'm surprised he didn't come on yesterday or today or something to talk baseball. Yeah, no, he's working today, but um, yeah, they, oh, I did right. a couple pods this week. You were there for one of them, and then uh, Wednesday was the emergency pod over the Russell uh, Wilson uh, news for Choose Broncos, and then 
I was telling him, like I said, I'm like, yeah, dude, the MLB's got to do something. There's so much good stuff going on right now. Hoops, March Madness, even the golf is good, even though they're on a rain delay. Um, just so many, so many things going on too. It's just, especially in sports, it's just like crazy to be a professional sports league and be in a lockout. And then all of a sudden, boom, that's it. I'm like, damn, that's pretty sick. So happy for Chu, but, uh. Obviously, we're talking more hoops when you're here, and... Give me, um, I, I didn't get to listen to the emergency. Give me your thoughts. I've heard choose. Give me your thoughts on the uh, Russell Wilson real quick, even though I'm sure you've shared them. You know, honestly, too, with the whole uh, Khalil Mack news traded to the Chargers, also uh, news between Wednesday and now, talking to you, um, that's just going to be a gauntlet of a division. Oh, my God. Um... I felt that way about the NFC West. And, Poor Raiders. Oh, man. You know, I the thing it, the thing that I think uh, initially how I feel about it is that Chews obviously has a much greater chance of his team making the playoffs and having a chance to make uh, runs in the playoffs. But I, I, I don't know. I've never been high on Russell Wilson. You go look how things uh, went down with Russell Wilson. And it's funny now how I'm seeing reports of that kind of surfacing um, from some of his teammates and stuff, how he kind of quit on the team. And I talked about it with Chu, little Harden-esque exit for him out of Seattle. This year? And Wait, I guess I haven't paid attention. I didn't know they were, they were saying he quit on the team this year. I mean, you just go look at uh, his stats this past season and then oh, obviously leading into the year, like he – he pretty much said, oh, like he had a no trade clause. He's like, these are the four teams I want to get traded to, like before the year started. So clearly something was going on there. And so um, it'll be interesting to see how he does on another team. Obviously a team is, a lot of people are thinking, as good as the Broncos um, yeah. all around. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm happy for Chu, obviously, for the baseball coming back. And that's a big, big deal, big move for him, like a quarterback league. Um, I don't necessarily think he wins the Super Bowl for the Denver Broncos, though. So, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see. This is what I will say about this is what I will say about this though. That I had to throw this in there before we talk the hoops though. Um, is this is what's so great about the NFL? I feel like and why I love the NFL so much. And I saw also it was viewed by I think the Super Bowl was viewed by two thirds of America or some wild insane stat or something. It's just crazy. Everyone loves the NFL, but it's gotta be the, best the reason the why the reason why I think it's so great, dude, is because. The offseason, obviously, a lot of things happen, and we still cover it. But, like, when these moves happen, these moves to different teams, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz even, Khalil Mack, the moves will go on and on. Even Rodgers back to the Packers. You have to wait so long to see these things to meticulate, obviously, with them playing on the field and obviously just seeing them with the teams. And it just builds the hype even more and more. Like, obviously, as a diehard Giants fan, I'm waiting to see the Giants yet another season, see how things go. But, obviously, we're not on the up and up like the Broncos. Obviously, being able to see Russell Wilson on a new team uh, is something that can hype any NFL fan up about. Um, Carson Wentz back in the NFC East, like some of these other teams, obviously with something to prove with Brady not in the NFL, potentially it's all these things that I'm like waiting to see, but obviously a lot of good sports in between from now and then. So it, I think that is the most interesting thing about the NFL because it's so quick, so short, but still yet so coveted with all these headlines, topics, uh, moves, games that are waiting to be played, draft, all these things that there are to talk about when all these other sports are going on. Um, it is 
pretty remarkable to me because there are tons of things going on right now, bro. You got college basketball ripping at like 1130, literally yeah. till midnight. Um, not only with the tournament coming up, but obviously conference champ week and UConn still in the tournament and just wow. it's so much shit. You've been watching the UConn? Is, yeah. And they're playing Villanova tonight is, is Thursday, Friday next week, the opening round of the tournament. Yeah. Which, which getting on, getting on the whole bracket challenge out and all that, it's just like such a quick turnaround. I've just been so busy. I'll be lucky to even do that. But yeah, it's just crazy. Um, sucks. I'm going to be in, um, um, Lisa's brother's getting married on Friday. Oh, so you're missing half of it at least. I'm going to be in Florida next week. I'm not even going to be here. I'm going to be here Monday, but Tuesday to Friday, I'm going to be in Florida. So like, I'm probably going to miss fucking everything. Flying back Sunday, I'm going to miss everything. There you go. First two rounds. Nice. At least you Uh, won't be missing any of the NBA playoffs. Um... All right, my friend, we'll have to do it. Seggy's topic to the day devoted to my man James Harden, bro. I had it circled on my I knew, calendar. I knew, this, I knew this was coming. I had it circled on my calendar. I know you did too, the March 10th date. And I'll tell you, I don't think any NBA game was watched beginning to end such a blowout in NBA history last night. Nets absolutely blowing out the Sixers. I'm watching it beginning to end at work, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, this is just a terrible game. This is an absolutely terrible game. Uh And, you know, what I loved about the game actually is the atmosphere that was going on, not only in the building, obviously, with Ben Simmons being there not playing, but James Harden obviously going up against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who's eligible to play in away games. And... Just the whole, just the whole vibe that the NBA kind of let that go on. I've heard some people talking about that today, like them kind of trash talking a little bit, going at it a little bit. Like in in other games, I'm really glad I saw LeBron James tweet this. Like in normal NBA games, like they're teeing players up for that type of stuff happening, and I think the NBA has got to get away from that stuff, dude. Like let's let's get away from like teeing dudes up because they're they're talking smack to one another like you're gonna team up because they're talking smack to the referees fine or or the coaches are screaming you want to tee up the coaches whatever but like the players like as long as they're not like swinging at each other like this is i think what people always say is lacking in the nba that physicality like last night i saw it last night i saw that these guys going at it and what i also saw is what i was saying to you and what I thought would meticulate, obviously, come playoff time. But last night, to me, is a playoff basketball game. I mean, you only got 15 games left in the NBA season. Obviously, all the storylines on both sides. And regardless Ben Simmons being in the game or not, Nets absolutely smacking the Sixers, everyone calling the favorite to come out of the East. And what I saw, to me, 129-100 final, was James Harden, 11 points. I think he finished 6-5, and 3-17 of 17 shooting. And I don't need to... I don't need to pull up all these times that I have on James Harden. I'm hearing all these people talk about now and a lot of people questioning and saying a lot of things I've been saying to you about James Harden, which is some of the reason why I like doing this stuff. James Harden, yet another big time game, big time moment. Like this is what it is for me on James Harden too, Rich. Like he can miss some shots. I'm not saying he has to go out there and and drop 50 points and, and shoot 20 to 24 and, and make 12 free throws, but the the more the more he turns the ball over in these big time games, these horrible shooting nights of three of 17, looking for foul calls, then not getting to the free throw line, zero two point conversions in this game, um, 
just yet another game in which he showed up to the game for a big time moment and just wasn't even there. And I, and I can go all the way back and I know you knock on some of the moments I bring up, but I'm hearing more and more this, uh, one, even with the Spurs before that, uh, before that, uh, Chris Paul injury Spurs with the Rockets, Kawhi out, Tony Parker out and, and it, and just absolute abomination. One in seven now in his last eight elimination games. Shooting basically, I saw 22% from three. And sub 40% from the field. Um, a guy that's one of the best scorers and distributors that we, on both levels, elite, on both uh, accounts that we've seen in the game. So that's just what I don't get. And then just to see Kyrie and KD... Playing like that and acting like that in that moment. Joel Embiid, not a great game. He's out here dropping 40-point triple-doubles before James Harden gets there. And he was playing real well with James Harden the first four or five games. But this was their first big test. And they both failed it. Joel Embiid, not a big game. These are things that I literally came in and said, like, damn, this is going to be the knock-on when you need these big-time games in the playoffs. Or a couple in a series. Um... Just incredible to me, bro. Like, KD and Kyrie, I have much more faith in them to show up in a big-time game and win and and put right. out in a big-time moment. Have Kyrie to show up at, at away game, sure. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think there's I think there's a lot to be said with what's going on with the whole them talking about the mandate being lifted at Barclays, not able to be lifted, Kyrie's status, all that. I think, I think that stuff nearly isn't touched on on enough as COVID is just a back burner with everything kind of going on right now. And people kind of saying, well, here we are in the spring. Like, like, I don't know. I think people are just like not over it, but so entrenched in other stuff that it's like, as long as you're not sick, like everything's hopefully fine. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy without much has happened. So for Kyrie, just still being stuck in that window of, you know, just because you're not vaccinated, you can't do certain things. I mean, wow. that's just part of the consequence of being unvaccinated at this point, and that's something I pretty much draw the line on when it came to going and finally getting the vaccine for me, to be completely honest. So, at least just going to the Harden thing, it, it, it is a little concerning, and, like, not even – I don't want to dive too much into last night because, whatever, any game's one night. Like, Joel Embiid I'm less worried about, even though there's a part of me that's like, Durant was out there playing center large chunks of the game. And when he wasn't, you have Drummond, who Embiid's historically bodied. And when he's not, it's like Claxton, skinny dude. So to me, it's like, Embiid, I was kind of like, after all these dominant games, like, bro, what's going on? Why don't you just fucking take it at him right now? Again, I'm not too worried. He'll be fine. He's been incredible. And I don't want to read too much into it. But it is kind of concerning for Harden. Because, like, I've defended him plenty of times. But it's not... I don't care if someone puts up, like, an 11-point game, especially if, like, you know, you're trying to facilitate whatever. Like, that's not the end of the world. What's what's concerning to me is it's, like, this has to be a get-up spot for you. And the whole knock on James Harden over time has been, like, bro, is this – do you know this is a big game? Like, are you are you here? Yeah. Like, are you totally with us right now? Yeah. And when I was watching him last night, it's, like, I was literally watching, like – you know, first quarter, I'm like, all right, you know, like, he's facilitating, like, they're, you know, falling behind by 10, like, he's getting everyone involved, fine. Second quarter, I'm like, not having a bad game, like, maybe not shooting as well as you want, but time to start turning it on, and they just keep falling behind, and he never, like, where's the guy who wants to iso ball? Like, get, 
just show us that you want it. Like, granted, the shots weren't going in last night, but, like, the bigger issue to me isn't that. Like, I'm not worried about his shots not going in. They'll fall. People knock them and say, like, oh, in the biggest games they won't fall. Maybe not. But to me, it's like, if you need to look like, especially when you're going against the team of, like, guys you just played with, the team you kind of just forced your way out of, like, where's the, like, will to win the game? Yeah. Where's the, like, yep. you guys are out beating me right now. Yeah. Guys, I just wanted to leave. I want to beat you. And that's the more concerning None of part to me. It's like, I didn't see that from Embiid, who I know has that. Embiid does have that, but I didn't see it from him last night, and I didn't see it from Harden. So it it's concerning, to say the least. Like, if I – I know this wasn't the question asked. All things considered, I think the Nets – or, excuse me, the Sixers are still the scarier team than the Nets because there are just so many question marks with the Nets. But if we were starting a fully new season from right now going forward with a healthy one of each team, give me the Nets any day. Just the Nets have so many issues right now because of – When's Ben Simmons coming back? Can Kyrie play in the playoffs? Yeah, let me touch on that. Let me touch on that for a second because I did want to mention that the Sixers starters didn't take a single shot in last night's fourth quarter, a touching tribute to Ben Simmons' return to Philly. Uh, Yeah, I know. That's the whole joke because they were getting blown (laughs) out so bad. And just please, basketball gods, give me this playoff uh, series, this this series in the playoffs. I would like it, but in regards, so many good ones in regards to a couple of things you said towards the end there, um, it kind of leads into my, yeah, maybe not this year, but I basically told you I don't see James Harden winning a championship with Philadelphia. So everyone's trying to act like this season's their best chance to do so it with obviously the Nets chance. getting uh, better. But I'd also argue the parity in the NBA right now with any teams having a great chance yeah. is pretty high. And I've been hearing that a lot as well. Um, in regards to just looking strictly at the Nets, because I do think the Nets, if Ben Simmons gets on the court, even for this season, can knock off the Sixers come playoff time and can be a viable threat in the playoff time. Like I told you, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, i.e. Kyrie in the lineup, guys I think right now can carry a team a lot more than I have faith in James Harden, Joel Embiid in, in general as their two-piece and Tyrese Maxey. I guess you're going to throw in for that three-piece also at a uh, not a great game. Um, dude, I said it, dude. I'm like, Ben, I'm telling you, Drummond is going to be, Drummond is going to help the, the Nets. You got Seth Curry dropping 24 last night. I'm telling you right now, dude, the, it's, the, I know the Nets are in this, this play-in type category, but like, I have more faith in the Nets making this run coming out of this play-in type category than I do any more of the Lakers and all the debacle that's been going on in L.A. with the them losing to the Rockets the other night. So I don't even know if we'll be able to touch on that. But this is just this is just getting crazy to me because all of a sudden the Sixers right they trade for James Harden they launch into this oh what, you know we're contenders in the East obviously right and they start off pretty hot with the him in the lineup but like this is what I talked about. Him in the lineup starting off hot was still 15 games left to go in the regular season. And last night, like you're talking about, big-time game, going up against your former teammates. First time. Ben Simmons not on the court. Where's your will to want to, like, beat them? Like, to win the game? Like, you're getting blown out the entire game. Like, that's just that's just not good when you're at your home stadium and everyone's rooting for, obviously, the Nets have nothing to play for when it comes to Ben Simmons. And they're out here afterwards defending the man when he's getting booed and and thrown trash at and all that obviously not even playing in the game so to me that's that's way more big time for the nets going forward and way more concerning if you're a sixers fan and for james harden these guys that are trying to 
obviously bid for a championship this year that everyone's saying is is so up in the air and so much uh, something they can maybe get done. I don't see that at all, really, and that's just where for the Nets or something. No, nah, the Sixers. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, look to me, it's their best shot because. I don't think that James Harden's going to have this career where he's three years down the line and we're like, wow, his game is aging so beautifully. So to me, it's like every year he's getting older, your chances are maybe slightly worse. Maybe yeah, I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you brought that up too. Retool a little, and their roster is a tiny bit better. And who knows? Next year could be their better chance. But like to me, roster moves aside. You look at the turmoil that the Nets are in right now. You look at the Bucks getting off to a tough start to their season. The Bulls missing their three best defenders in Patrick Williams, Lonzo, and Alex So It's like, to me, there's not a better chance. Maybe their team is better. It's kind of like the Knicks, right, at what we were talking about this year. Maybe the Sixers are better next year, but I think the conference as a whole was just weaker right now. Like, this is your chance. Like, the Knicks chance was a much lower level. Like, hey, Knicks had your chance last year to get in the playoffs and be like, ooh, look at us, we're okay, because, like, things were weak a little bit. That's like the Sixers this year. You have your chance to make a finals run because if the Bucks are at full strength, Bulls are at full strength, Nets are operating at full strength next year, it's going to be a lot harder. I need to ask you like a legitimate question here, and this is like non, non-bias related at all, even though I'm like a huge uh, Dwayne Wade fan. Like comparing these two careers, like when I, if I were to ask you, if I were to ask you, like who has had a better career, James Harden or Dwayne Wade? And let me just preface this context by saying James Harden has had one league MVP to Dwayne Wade's zero. He's finished top five, or top three, I'm sorry, five times to Dwayne Wade's one. He's a, James Harden is a six-time, first-time All-NBA player to Dwayne Wade's two. He's a three-time scoring champion is James Harden to Dwayne Wade's one. And he's also an assist championship assist champion to Dwayne Wade's zero. And I would sit here right now and t- tell you Dwayne Wade is a downright way better all-around career better player than James Harden strictly and everyone's going to go then what count the rings whatever. No, I'm just talking if I want a if I want a shooting guard, if I want a shooting guard on my team, I can pick my team. I'll take I'll take Dwayne Wade. I'll take Dwayne Wade any any day of the week. And That's a tough one. And it's just crazy to me because James Harden is this kid, this guy that it, I read that off. It's like, are you kidding me? This guy can't, this guy can't even make a, a any type of uh, uh big time moment, uh big time run in the playoffs. And yeah, yeah like he he made those. And then your thing is like, oh, they ran into the Warriors. Well, it's like it's the same thing, bro. He'd been running into where Warriors. Where's your will to want to like beat that team and like show that you're a championship level guy? That he's always been like, oh, I'm trying to win a championship. I'm going to win championships. Like, all right, dude, are you? keep it to the Dwayne Wade thing because we've done the Harden argument a million times, so I don't need to get into that. I would just argue to say without playoff success is like, is playoff success just getting to the finals, just like going to multiple conference finals not constitute his playoff success? Like, that's you don't need to answer it to me. It's just like that is Dwayne Wade is – miles more successful in the playoffs and like to answer your question if i if you're asking me like you're drafting a team like whatever like who who do you want on your team you have a decent team you got to win the ring this year like you got one more guard on your team which one are you taking give me Dwayne wade we've seen he's going to play more defense at their peak at their peak Dwayne wade was not as dominant as Harden on offense he wasn't but he was one of the best players in the league on offense while being one of the best defensive guards in the league would lead the league in 
blocks and steals for guards multiple years in a row, which is really tough to do. Good defender. So, like, give me Dwayne Wade. He's done the winning. But if we're talking rank, like, because rank them all time, which one's, like, in the top 100 finishing ahead of each other, I'm, I don't have a real answer, but I can see the argument for Harden more on that side. Dwayne Wade's more of the winner, but, like, it is hard to argue for Harden, like, 10 years of peak, peak play where you, four separate years were top three, five separate years, I think, four separate years were top three in MVP votes, yeah. winning a league and assistant points for years. So, like, to answer your question, I would take Dwayne Wade. I don't want an argument back, but I do think if you polled 100 basketball analysts – the results would be like 50-50 split for like who ranks higher all time. I think more people would pick Dwayne Wade if you need to win a game or win a playoff series, but which maybe answers your questions. But I think if you're ranking them all time in their careers, I think you're getting like 50-50 split answers depending on the person. It, it's really hard. Yeah. Dwayne, Harden has all the career individual statistics. Harden is undoubtedly yeah. a far superior offensive player than Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a far superior winner, defensive player, and isn't that far behind on offense. So I'd take Dwayne Wade, but it's I think it's very close. It's a good yeah. argument. Um, I would take I would take I have seen people argue Harden or Allen Iverson, which I'm sorry. I love Allen Iverson. I know he made a finals. It's not close. It's James Harden on that one. It's not close. It's it's genuinely not. And I love Allen Iverson. It's not close on that. Harden's way better. Dwayne is Dwayne Wade is way better than Allen Iverson's career as an individual player. Iverson was the man, one of my top three favorite basketball players ever, but they're both better shooters. I need to get back to this, though, for a second before I touch on anything else in the hoops, which is uh, I saw this report that Chewy surfaced on a little bit in the chat before. I don't know if you've seen the chat, but basically, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically um, a Brooklyn Nets executive, uh, the growing tension between Kyrie and James Harden. Stems from Kyrie beating James Harden one-on-one almost every day in practice. This is like an actual report that I'm reading. Yeah. And Kyrie was barely uh, even in basketball shape, obviously, playing only away games and not really with the team for all the all the time together. Uh, basically saying it demoralized Harden. All this shit. This is, this is going into the same shit that I see last I night, bro. I literally saw it last night where Kyrie is literally bodying up James Harden. Was Kyrie known for a defender? Like... This is like to me. Can like, I give my one reason why I rebuttal that one reason, easy reason. And I'm not even saying it was because he was getting cooked by him in one on one. I'm saying Kyrie has that that uh, it factor, that winning mentality factor, where it's like, all right, bro, like I'm gonna I'm gonna at least go out there and like give it my all. Like, dude, James Harden, right. even if you're even if you're not playing shooting well, like I said, like, bro, it's just. He just doesn't have any of that, bro. Kevin okay, Durant feel, taking Kevin Durant taking a it. shot, taking a shot from Joel Embiid in the chest, and then getting up and, and talking some smack to Joel Embiid. Like that's that to me. James Harden ain't gonna do that. James Harden ain't gonna do that. I, all of that, all of that is besides the point. Here's my opinion. Here, do I believe that Kyrie was cooking James Harden in practice? Yeah. I believe that Kyrie would cook 99% of the league in a one-on-one game. Almost every single one of them. I believe he was shitting on James Harden in those games. I absolutely believe that. Do I believe that had anything to do with James Harden not wanting to be on the team? No. James Harden came to the team, wanted, demanded a trade to this team, knowing Kyrie and Kevin Durant were on the team. He didn't demand a trade being like, as long as I can beat Kyrie, this thing should work out. Like, he he was pissed off and like look i'm not justifying him on like oh he had the reason to leave but like 
part of the reason he didn't want to be there, and this is reported, he said this, and this was reported for many people before he left and after, is this wasn't what he signed up for. He's like, Kyrie Irving isn't here. This isn't, Kevin Durant's been hurt. This is not the team I signed up for. I'm not defending him for that. Wrong move by him for sure. But like, I promise you his issue was not, oh, Kyrie Irving beats me. He's probably like, Kyrie, if you're fucking beating me, how about you get on the court and beat the other team too? What the fuck, dude? So, like, I think he was frustrated with the whole thing. I don't think, I believe that Kyrie was cooking him in practice. I just don't think that had anything to do with him wanting to leave. Like, if you're cooking, say what you want about James Harden. We're all, there's no one in the world, even you, that's going to say James Harden's not like a top 15 or like maybe 20 player in the league unless yeah. you see something like catastrophic going forward. So, like, if you're Kyrie Irving and you're cooking one of the top, you know, according to some people, 10, others, 15 players in the league. Bro, let's get out there and cook the other team. I okay. think that's probably so, more his Yeah, opinion. that's fine. And I think this is where it gets interesting when you bring up the whole ranking of the players, and I'm going to have to switch off this so we can cover something else because I don't have much more time to talk today, which is, bro, if you're saying to me, where are we ranking Kevin Durant and Joel Embiid? Like, wash? Like, all right, like, like Kevin Durant, like, yeah, like, they're both top five players, so, like, that to me is a wash, like, whatever, like, let's rank those guys, Joel Beat, off night, whatever, Kevin Durant, both of them, those guys are superstars in this league, like, whatever, wash them. Okay, so, who would you rather have, Rich, James Harden or Kyrie Irving? Because to me, they're both in that category of, like, eh, well... Kyrie's on Vax, like, oh, that's going to hurt his ranking. Oh, no, I mean, no. Who would I rather Ky- have? I rather have? It don't Take that bullshit out of it. Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player, in my opinion, than James Harden, right? Oh, we were ranking him right this second. I'll take Kyrie Irving right now over James Harden. If we're going to go rank up these players like we do, I think Kyrie Irving right now is a better basketball player than James Harden. And, and that's going to surface like it did last night. When you also have James Johnson knocking down three threes, Seth Curry going for 24, Andre Drummond with three blocks. Bro, that's a lot of firepower. If they get Ben Simmons back out there, I'm telling you right now, people are sleeping on the Nets, who I think are a better team without James Harden, which is something I said that when this trade went down. And we'll see how it works out with him and the Sixers. But, okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's hey. It's a better team without James Harden. Part of the reason that they weren't a good team with James Harden is in there is because they didn't have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in there as well. That that was part of the issue. He was playing a lot of the games alone. They had a losing record in games that – I think they still actually have a losing, losing record in just games that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have played in since their time together. So they're going to be fine. I just think that some of that's a little bit besides the point. And, like – you can go back as far as like two games ago and see the script flip completely where like against Boston, Kyrie had 19 points on terrible shooting. And that same night, James Harden was playing. Who was it? James Harden had an absurd game against uh, the whoever it was. So like I will, if you had told me a year ago today that you thought Kyrie Irving was better at basketball than James Harden, I would have spit my drink in your face. I don't think it's as ridiculous to say right now, but I'm still going to take James Harden on that. But I think the reason I don't think it's ridiculous is I think there is a very real argument to be had of, like, you're in game seven of the playoffs. You got one game. You want Kyrie Irving as your main ball handler or James Harden? I'll take Kyrie. I Look, there's a part of me that has a hard time not saying James Harden because I'm not I'm not a person who necessarily believes in, like, certain trends of, like... Oh, look, my if think, God. If I think someone's a good player, I think they're a good player. I'm not going to bank on them choking. But, like, we have seen James Harden in his biggest games come up short. And we've oh seen Kyrie Irving in the biggest moments come up strong in those moments. So, like, I hear you. I think it's a fair argument. A year ago, I would have said that was the dumbest thing you've ever said. I think it's a fair argument. 
It's, I'm just not quite there with you yet. All right. Uh, let's see if you're there with me with any of the stuff I Elsa stuff I got for you today. Um, you know what's so funny though, dude? Because I feel like you get a little bit heated up when I bring up the MVP race in the M- in the NBA because it's like, all right, like we talk about it like so much throughout the year, like yeah, blah blah blah, stuff, like whatever. Stuff. Like it's interesting. For the sure. thing I think is so great about it is it's just so interesting because like this yeah. la- this last week, bro, I've been seeing so many people talking about the the NBA MVP and obviously it cranks up towards the end of the season even more and more. But that's why I think talking about it throughout the season is so great. Cause now I'm not even hearing DeMar DeRozan in these conversations. Uh, John Morant, like who's having an incredible year for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think should be in these conversations. Isn't even getting touched on. You know who I heard getting talked about in some of these conversations, rich, all that fucking quitting on me last week on the podcast, Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum. I did not quit on you for mentioning him in the MVP. So I I saw the latest tracker. I saw the latest tracker. Nikola Jokic apparently leading the thing, according to like ESPN. And you got Giannis a close second. Joel Embiid apparently stacked up at third. And we've been arguing in between all that, basically those three guys for a minute. Uh, I've been trying to get some more love for these other guys in the conversation. Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum, DeMar DeRozan, John Morant, guys I've kind of thrown in. And they're just not there. So... What I'm trying to figure out, Rich, is is it just because I don't – I like Jokic. I, I think Jokic is a great player. I, I I come in and it's like, oh, this Jokic hate. But I do need to say this because I keep hearing this take. And I just – I've been on this since a couple months back now. If Jokic wins this MVP, Rich, you have to go look this up so I have the actual names. But I think I might remember them off the top of my head. We'll see if I – I doubt it. But we'll, I'll try and get it done for you. The, the company of back-to-back MVPs in this league. Names of those guys to do so. Okay? It's, it is a bunch of, it is a bunch of all-time greats, brother. It is a bunch of all-time greats. And then over here, in, in, the, in the corner room, by himself, sitting in, looking around like, damn, did this actually happen? Guess who that is, Rich? Take a guess who that is. You're, you're dead wrong on who you think Jokic is, dude. You're just... He's just take a guess. Top. Just take a guess on who that is. Who is the one oh, guy? Are oh, are you not saying Jokic? I thought you were trying to say Jokic if he gets it. Oh, well, it will be. He'll be joining him in that room. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. Who? Who is the one guy who's won back-to-back MVPs in this league that they're looking around at the rest of the guys and it's just like, damn, bro, how did I get in this room? Just tell me. Giannis. I'm not saying it's him. I'm just trying to go through. Yep. Giannis. Steph. LeBron. I'm going back further. Kobe didn't have back to. Oh, oh, I know, I know who you're saying. Yeah, it's the next guy, Steve Nash. It's Steve Nash. <laughs> and here's the thing on Steve Nash, which I think is a great player. And I was like, when I was growing up watching basketball, I love Steve Nash. When I'm looking at back-to-back MVPs in the NBA and the list of players that have done so, and I see that Steve Nash has done so, I'm like, I'm like, what? And like, here's the thing. I think Nikola Jokic is deserving of the MVP this year. I really do. I really do. I, 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 I'd be tough to argue on the fact that he deserves to either be in that conversation or win the award. But I do think that because he won the award last year, it is absolutely fucking asinine to be even able to consider him this season. I know it's uncorrelated, but the, what I'm trying to say is last season, I don't think he should have won the award. I don't think he should have won the award. So now it sets up he's having a better, even a better year than last year. 
Similar to what happened to Giannis, by the way, in his back-to-backs, where it's like, oh, he had this unreal season, they gave him the award. He comes back, he has a better season. Well, it's kind of tough not to give him the award. So now that's happening with Jokic. This little bit of this little bit of uh, you know, time passes by or whatever for the actual games being played. It's like, bro, there's other dudes that are in this conversation as well that uh that aren't even really being talked about, by the way, because Jokic is is doing this incredible analytics PR. It's like, bro. It's, it's like, bro. That. There is the thing for him is like you can take any argument and it works for him. So let's do let's do Jason Tatum. Do you know the Celtics record right now? 40 and 27. Do you know the Nuggets record? 40 and 27. The Celtics have been one of the healthiest teams in the league this year. The Nuggets have had their best two players missing. Jokic assists at a higher rate, plays defense at a higher rate, and scores at a higher rate than Jason Tatum. So it's one of those things where it's like, look, Jason Tatum, if we're voting right now, finishes probably fifth or sixth, depending on where DeMar DeRozan finishes in the MVP. He's in the MVP conversation. I think it's good that you brought him up. I spazzed when you were like, I have him above Jokic. I was like, oh my God. Because to me, it's like, we've seen Jokic do Okay. To me, that's not the craziest thing. To me, that's not the craziest thing. Hold on. I'm trying to explain why it's the crazy thing. They have the same record right now. Jokic's second and third best players have barely touched the court this season. Michael, stop shaking your head and just listen for a second. And then debate one of the things I say back if you think that it's arguable. Because I don't think it really is. You put the ball in Jokic's hand to do every single thing for your team. You put the ball in a guy like... Tatum and DeRozan's hand to do a lot of the scoring for your team, but they are not your main assist guys. They are not the best defender on the floor. For okay. You. They are not. They are your main scorers. That's what they are. So when I'm looking at Jokic having a skeleton crew of the rest of his team, and like there are, I truthfully okay. believe at any time there are three guys maybe in the league at tops who you could put on any team in the league and they make them a threat to make the playoffs. If you put Jokic on the Magic right now, they're making the playoffs. Like. It's like a prime LeBron. It's what you could do with Giannis right now. I think Luka could do it too. I think Luka's that special right now where if you put him on a team, that team's making the playoffs. It's the guys where it's like what you put around me doesn't matter because I will make the rest of them so good just off what I do that this team will be successful. And that's what Jokic is doing. It, it It's incredible. Like it doesn't – like he literally has games. They closed the game the other night. This is the last thing I'll say. This is They closed the game the other night against – I think it was the Pelicans and won the game – with Austin Rivers on the court, who's been dropped by like three or four teams. Oh my Monty Morris, God, bro. who's a really, really just solid player. Zeke Naji, who has barely had any NBA minutes in the league. And Jamichael Green, who's been passed around every single year of his career. And Jokic makes those guys really good. They're decent enough players, but they didn't mean enough to any team out there. And with Jokic around them, it's not just him. Like, LeBron was doing that in his prime. Giannis could maybe do it to some extent, but not as much with the passing. Luka could do it to some extent right now. But it's just like, Jokic is operating at a different level than anyone else in the league. And I think Luka could do it, but he's, whether it's the team or whatever this year, he's not quite there yet right now, but Luka could do it. But to me, Jokic is, over the last week, has pushed himself into, I was on here saying, like, look, it's, you could tell me it's any of these three guys, and I'd say, cool, if Jokic and beat and Giannis... To me, I have Jokic in the lead right now, which is surprising because I said to you a few weeks ago, and I have a good amount of bets in for Embiid to win the MVP. I was like, look, I think even if Jokic deserves it, Embiid's going to get it because of how great he's playing and because people wanted to give it to him last year and he got hurt. Embiid's going to need to pick it up. 
national televised performances against the Nets and you're playing like that are going to hurt you when you have Jokic coming out here putting up 32, 15, and 12 every single night and carrying the Nuggets. It's it's incredible what he's doing. I I, I did not want to like Jokic at the start of his career just because he's in Denver wearing number 15 and he'll never be the and he'll be the reason that Melo's number 15 does not get retired in Denver. But like, dude, it's hard for me not to like. <laughs> All right, I at least hear your point on on the Tatum and uh, DeRozan distributing factor. The reason why I think DeRozan can't be in the conversation anymore is I think the stat is the Bulls are something like 0-14 against top three teams on both that, conferences, which awful. is just like, that, what? That like That's, you. that's that literally why, you. yeah, you're just out. You're literally just out. That's the stat. Yeah, 0-14 versus top three seeds in both conferences. You're literally out. Just out of the conversation. He's been incredible. Put up wilt yep. type records. It's like nah. It's, that's right there is why you're out. Um, Tatum. Uh, a lot of people would say Tatum's out because of the start of his season, the start of Celtics season, uh, the early struggles for the out. Celtics. I, think I don't think I don't think you're out because of that, and which is also why I would then say Jason Tatum definitely above Demar Derozan, Luka Doncic, and John Morant uh, uh, should be up in that conversation because of where they're at and where their teams are at. You go look at the Grizzlies, second in the West, bro. Like, I was pretty high on the Grizzlies coming in the year. Second in the West? Like, John Morant, and and I get he missed some games. You deserve something for that where your team is up that high in what everyone's calling such a loaded conference. Where the Lakers are like 11 seed probably. All right, let's go look at... Let's go look at where the Mavericks are ranked, by the way. New new coach everyone was kind of smacking about. Chris Stapp's trade in the middle of the year. All the, everyone, oh, they, this dude has nobody. You're talking about uh, Jokic having nobody. This dude, Doncic, has nobody on his squad. They're they're above they're above the Nuggets in the standings. So you can maybe talk about, oh, his star players being out. I don't think the Denver Nuggets are no scrubs. I'm watching Jeff Green last night. I'm watching the game last night where I throw money on the Nuggets. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish this up because I'm getting fucking pissed with the sports betting. I throw money on the Nuggets last night to win a game up against the Reeling Warriors. No Draymond yet. Steph Curry struggling. Clay struggling. And the Denver's beating them by 15. Back to back. Jeff Green looking good. All these other pieces. Aaron Gordon out there ain't no scrub. So I don't want to hear he's out there playing with nobodies because he's got a squad. They're winning some games. And it's just those time televised game, big time game, MVP moment. Dude's turning the ball over in the fourth quarter, botch the game. So all I'm trying to say is let's just keep that same damn energy for when Joel Embiid has bad games, for when Jokic has bad games. Because last night to me is not a great game when you probably should beat that team, a reeling team, a team that you're trying to say, oh, all right. Let, let's let's take this to the next level. So you should beat that team. I hear you. I mean, he had he shot forty five percent, twenty three, twelve and nine. He had a solid enough game on a back to back. I'm not too worried about that. Just when it comes to like comparing the teams, look, I'm not saying he's out there with like the work. He's out there with good enough guys to support him and play the right roles that he needs. He's not out. He's not out there with what LeBron's out there with, where it's like these aren't even the right fucking pieces to put around me. Like, no, they're the right kind of pieces. They're just not very talented NBA players. They're players that would be the tenth man on many NBA teams. I would argue that Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, Dorian Finney-Smith are better players than everyone but like Aaron Gordon right now on on the uh, Denver Nuggets. But like, honestly, that's besides the point. Luca's right there as well. Like, it's it's the hardest MVP race. I feel like ever to like rank a top five because like to me it's Jokic and through the whole year we've been saying 
I, or at least I've been saying, but I think a lot of people and us at times have been saying it's Embiid, Jokic at the top. I had Giannis number three, then kind of like John DeRozan. And now I'm at the point where like I have Jokic one. I'm not, I'm by no means saying like he won it, like no one else can win it. Like, no, anything could happen. There's plenty of season left, but at the rate he's going, I think he will win it. But like at this point, plenty you could tell me, right. you could tell me Jod too. And I think that's very reasonable. I think Jaw's a really hard one to rank. What he's doing is incredible. You could tell me Embiid it too. I still think that's reasonable, even though he's been down a little bit. Giannis, plenty of people will have him top two or three. Fine. I think in I wouldn't have him two yet, but I think we could be two weeks down the line and Jason Tatum could be right up there. Yeah. I, I can tell you I'm almost certain unless something crazy happens. There's no scenario where I have Jason Tatum ahead of Jokic this year, but we'll see. <laughs> Get weeks left. We'll see. We'll see if there's weeks left. You're right. And then we didn't even mention Luca. We haven't been mentioning Luca in a lot of these. And like, you're right. It is a, I think they're more talented than Nuggets, but that doesn't matter. It's a similarly talented team. And they're actually, t- they're 0.5 games ahead, tied in wins. The Nuggets, or the Mavs have played one less game, but they're basically tied with the Nuggets in the standings right now. And yeah, Luca, Luca with the numbers he's putting up, like, there's like, what, three weeks left in the season now? Everyone, we like to think, like, people will get on shows, like, people got on weeks ago, said Embiid had it locked up. People are on shows right now saying Jokic has it locked up. Like, there's so much that could happen over the next three weeks, and whatever happens over the next three weeks, people will care about way more than what happened in the last three weeks. So, I still think that there's plenty of time for, like, Luka to make his run, Ja to win it, but, like, to, my, to me, it's like Jokic's to lose right now as long as they can keep that you know, kind of winning record up and he put, putting up these triple doubles. But it could literally be, I think the Rosen's out, like we said, but I think it's, Tatum's, I don't think can win it, but I think he'll be there. But like, I think Ja, Embiid, Giannis, Luka, and Jokic, five guys could win the MVP. Yeah. Which is crazy. With three weeks left in the season, that's insane. Usually there's like, oh, these guys are having a good season. Yeah. And I would say there I would say there you could list at least seven teams right now in the league that that have a chance to win this year's championship, which I don't think you can do very often in today's NBA. So I think we're setting up for an incredible playoff run here for the for the association, which I'm extremely excited about. On that note, I do think I wanted to bring up the bold stat because I'm glad you did 0 14 now against top uh what was it, winning teams with what is it, top three teams and her top yeah. winning record? What was it? I don't I don't remember the stat, but like 0-14 against good teams was basically what the stat was. I forget the exact qualifications of those teams, but I will say I when I hear that at first, I think the instant reaction is like, oh, they're not a contender. They can't even beat the good teams. But I I don't I think I'm still willing on the outside looking in, but I think I'm still willing to consider them kind of a contender because this team isn't the same team when you don't have Alex Caruso and Lonzo. Yep. And like granted, granted they weren't winning those games apparently when they had them either. Yeah. But but that's like a huge part of this team. Dropping down to Kobe White and Ao DeSumo, even though he's been incredible, like Lonzo and Alex Caruso are two of the best defensive guards in the league right now. So I'm I'm not even I think you hear that stat and the natural reaction is to be like, oh they're fucked. They're just beating up on like the Pistons and these shitty teams. But like I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that like I'd pick the Sixers in the series. I'd pick the probably the Nets. I'd pick the Bucks. I'd pick most of the Heat against them. But I don't think it's not like they can't beat them just because of that stat. Like if Alex Russo and Lonzo come back, which both are actually questionable for tonight, I doubt both play. But it's the first time either one of them has been ruled questionable for a game instead of just out to begin with. So it seems like they're on the road <laughs> back, and there is some rumblings that Patrick Williams could be back before the playoffs. He got hurt the first game of the season, I think. Um, so that could also, granted, you know, you don't come back from a massive injury and just make 
the difference in the playoffs usually, but that could be a difference for them. For like yeah, 15, I'm not minutes, so. out on the Bulls either. I got the Bulls over the Sixers. Uh, I would not. We'll wait and but... see how thing plays out. All right, I got basically five things. I'll keep it quick, and then, then we'll probably be done for the day. I appreciate you stopping through. Um, where should I start? All right, let me start with this quick. Uh, it's March Madness time, obviously. Um, I saw the NCAA generated more than $1.15 billion in 2021 as revenue returns to normal after cancellation of men's basketball tournament in 2020, which I still find absolutely, like, unreal. Like, can I just remind you that 2020 March Madness tournament was canceled? Uh, I just need to remind you that that actually happened. Um, now that the tournament's almost upon us and conference championship week and I see UConn making a run in Big East semis and I'm watching all these college games kind of getting geared up, for my bracket, getting real fired up, even though I'll probably have a terrible bracket just like half the country. But at this point, I'm just excited to watch college basketball because it is just the best to me. Like college basketball right now, if you've been watching some of these buzzer beaters, some of these things going down, it's just great. I just need to say something real quick, though, on this Villanova game ahead of tonight and just the whole thing in general with the cancellation of 2020 and COVID obviously impacting college athletes and and obviously everyone in general. Bro, it was, a, it was a great time, I'm not even kidding, to be a college athlete during that time. Because I swear there are dudes on Villanova that have been in, in playing college basketball for seven years. Like, they're, no, seriously. They're, like, I don't, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, bro, this dude Gillespie, how long has he been on Villanova, bro? We need to look this up. This dude Gillespie has been on Villanova, I swear to God, for at least six years. And I, I look around the sport. Of all college sports, really, with this name, image, likeness, this movement, this mobility, and and all this, all this great things for college, and you can stay for eight years now. Apparently, like you can be a college athlete and be there for about eight years. Literally, so, that's all so good, all fine to, and good. This, I don't get it. This is his fifth year. Um, I don't know how that works. This is fifth year. I guess, I guess All, there's a ton of guys in their fifth year, bro. And yeah. it's just like, what? I'm like, damn, why can't I go to college, Ken? That's my that's my main gripe for the whole March Madness going on, even though I'm fired up for it. I'm like, bro, how how is it that kids nowadays going to college sports can just stay longer because of COVID? Like, all right, like, yeah, like, what about the kids that got fucked that aren't college athletes? Like, I don't know. The whole fucking thing to me is bullshit. Well, no, I mean, it's it kind of makes sense. You didn't use a year of eligibility. You used like two months and then the year got canceled. So you still have a year of eligibility left. Like it kind of makes sense. I think it would be arguably more fucked up to cut him. Because what about the dude who like, like a Jalen Brunson or a Kemba Walker or whatever, who actually Kemba was his junior year, but like the guy who gets drafted off their senior year or something like that has that good senior year. So like, I don't know. I feel like those guys still deserve a shot at least. I guess, dude. Whatever. Oh man! All right, I gotta I gotta bring this up because I was talking about this was chew. It was my sex topic of the day the other day. Uh, not sure if you saw this, but it's just been on my mind lately, bro. Um, Calvin Ridley suspension. NFL suspending Ridley for a whole year. Can I go but first? Dudes out here beating up takes. females and get suspended for six games. I just can't get over that. Shout out Darius Slay. But I'm like, bro, what is good? Like I literally just can't get over this whole reaction to Calvin Ridley even though he probably shouldn't have been betting on sports and then now how Calvin Ridley is reacting to it which I think is funny he posted he's like oh, I'll throw 1500 on the Broncos to win the AFC West which I honestly thought was fucking hilarious that is um, funny but he's he better watch himself I know that was probably not smart but that it's just like 
it's just like, dude, to me, it goes back to the whole thing. That, and this is my whole point on it. I'll try and make it sweet and let you respond, which is, bro, like, the, people are doing this in, in sports, like, through their significant others, their friends. Like, yeah, Calvin Ridley, probably not smart to, to with your own name and your own uh, account, go place bets. Like, yeah, probably not the smartest thing. You go do that through somebody else, you could have bet on anything you want. And by the way, NFL players can bet on anything you want besides NFL games. It's like, it's like at this point, um, that's pretty well known. And at this point, it's still probably going on, like I just mentioned, but just yeah. not in their own name. So, like, bro, Calvin really just clean it up, bro. Like, gambling right now, and I might have, like, a real problem with it. I'm just like, damn. It's just so... They're just... Every, there's so many advertisements for it. Everyone's trying to yeah. do it. Everyone's talking about it. It's like, yeah, bro, I love it. And then it's just like, yeah, until it's a fucking problem. And everyone's like, oh, you got a problem? Call the number. It's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know. The whole thing to me is getting a little psyched out. Kind of like how I feel about... Everything. You gotta, yeah. I mean, everyone's gotta kind of police themselves. But, like, the whole... I heard so many... Not I agree with what you just said. I heard so many stupid takes in regards to this Calvin Ridley thing. Like, you can't... At the end of the day, the worst thing, and like, look, this is not me saying this. It is far worse to, I don't care about betting. I bet every day. It's far worse to drunk drive or hit your wife or any of that. But in terms of like what the NFL is concerned about, like this over that stuff, you're going to make them look worse with this. The number one thing that could tarnish the NFL's reputation is people thinking it's rigged. People don't give a shit if people drive drunk or are fucking criminals. Like it'll be out of the news in a day. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying, like, don't get me wrong. I don't give a shit about betting, but I'm saying, like, if the NFL is looking at it, like, this is the one thing you can't do. Like, they do not want people looking at their products, seeing, like, like I saw a fucking Emmanuel Acho. Did you see this? No. The video he tweeted out? Go to his page. It's the dumbest shit in the world. And he got roasted for so many people. He goes, I don't believe Calvin Ridley was throwing games, but, and tweets a video of him, like, you know, fucking up routes or, like, catching the ball and, like, kind of running backwards, but, like, just the dumb see like and that's exactly what the nfl doesn't want like and people are like dude are you serious like why the fuck are you posting this he's like i'm not saying he was doing it and they're like well what the fuck were you saying then by posting this so it's like that's the number one thing the nfl doesn't want even if it's not that big of a deal which it's not they don't want idiots out there being like see it's rigged see it's all rigged like the number one thing they don't want that could tarnish their product yeah like, i agree no i agree no, that's like, a that's a scary no, like, slippery so slope line saying, for sure like, oh it's only fifteen hundred dollars like Look, the reason they don't want you doing that, and the other thing is, like, it's insider trading. What you can't do in the stock market is work for a company, knowing new products coming out, buy a bunch of stock in your own company, have the new product come out and the stock goes up, and then sell all your stock and make money. That's fucking illegal. That's insider trading. You can't do that. So what the NFL is scared of is, like, a player knows information about a game. Like, oh, this person's going to be out. They're running this scheme. Like, things the other person doesn't know that gives them an advantage. The thing is, that's not what was happening here. They showed the bets. It was, dude threw $1,500 on an eight-leg parlay. Anyone that knows anything about gambling knows if you have an in, you're not putting a fucking eight-leg parlay in and being like, nah, I got an in. Like, <laughs> the, dude, the dude did not have an in. He was throwing a bet in for fun like you and I do. Just yeah. fun money for him. Oh, for sure. Money. But the best part about this whole story to me, and it's, it's funny to me, bro, it, betting is all about odds. This man threw $1,500 down. To lose $11.1 million. Talk about some all-time shitty odds. I'm like, damn, dog. You could have fucking gave that shit. You could have gave that shit to charity, dog. Like, what the fuck? The one, list, look, the one part where, like, even though I agree that the NFL had to suspend him, the one part where I feel bad for him is it's like, 
I don't know this, but there is part of me that's like, did he maybe just think like he wasn't playing so he could so bet? Yeah, yeah. Like, I no, I no, I for real, no for real. I feel bad for this dude, dog, because at the end of the day, this is what this is what everybody that can do this want. Uh, all sports organizations want people to be doing this, so that's the shit that annoys me, bro. Like it, even when some like that, I was trying to compare it to like cigarettes, like. People that smoke cigarettes, like the advert, they don't smoke cigarettes because of the advertising, dog. Like, like that's that's not why they're smoking cigarettes. But I'll tell you one thing: I think people gamble because of this advertising and all the hype they put around gambling. So it's like to me, no, you're, I would argue, like people. they're asking for people to do this shit, including probably athletes under the co- all this like sketchy shit. Like, bro, like uh, to me. Yeah, Calvin Ridley made a mistake, or like you didn't even know the didn't even know the rule. But at the same time, I think it's so ingrained that if you're current NFL player, you can't be betting on NFL games. So I heard this brought up on a podcast, and I thought it was a super interesting point. So like, not my own thought, but very interesting. They were saying the Tim Donahue thing in the NBA when he was um, fixing games uh, back in whatever it was, two thousand eight or I don't, yeah. know, I don't remember the year. Um, if that happened today it would maybe kill the entire sport. So, like, what the NFL, what their NBA was able to stand behind then is, like, betting wasn't legal. So anyone that was betting, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're doing something illegal, too. Like, we're not telling you to bet. Like, it's fucked up that this guy was doing this, but we weren't messing with your pockets because we weren't telling you to bet on those games. We're sorry that this guy tainted our product and we're going to fix it, but we did not cost you guys a dime. We didn't tell you to bet on anything. Betting is not allowed. Now, if that ever happened, when the NFL and NBA is promoting betting, yeah. if we found out that there was, whether the NBA or NFL was aware or not, that yeah. there was someone within the organization changing the results, it could literally kill the entire league based off all the lawsuits that they would have. Like, it literally, you can't stand behind, like, we are not telling you to bet. Yeah, so I guess my point, and this is basically what I was talking about with, with Chu, and I was trying to I was trying to explain this to him the other day. Like, my point is, is like, if I completely agree with you. That we're on it. We're on a, such a sketchy line here, bro. Because it, it's only legal in about what ten states. Like, bro, this is only growing. You got partnerships with the with the league and gambling. You're telling me that you're that not a single athlete professionally NFL NBA is is betting on any. Like, they're probably doing it, dog. So to me, the people that are saying, "Oh, it's rigged," it, they're probably fucking right. They're probably fucking right. And we're getting close to this real slippery line where it's like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is what I think is very interesting about what you just brought up. Until marijuana is legal, and uh, no marijuana legal, right? No marijuana. If you smoke marijuana legal, you're a fucking, you're fucking like the, the baddest motherfucker. You're doing coke. You're doing fucking coke, right? Marijuana is the worst thing. For, oh, my God. And then it becomes legal in one state. What started happening? Oh, oh shit. marijuana ain't that bad. Oh, oh, next thing you know, it's legal in five states. Now, all of a sudden, you'll be able to buy marijuana wherever the fuck you want in about five years. What I'm trying to say is, as this gambling continues to increase, because to me, it's still so fresh, even just being in Connecticut, Rich. I'm at a point now where I'm really starting to mature to the fact that, like, oh, wow, I've been gambling for about six months. Like, been able to for about six months. Legally, you kind of start realizing a little bit more about it. Legally. Rather than the illegal side of it. And to me, it's just getting all interesting in terms of all this stuff, because you go back, like you're talking about Tim Donahue. I'm talking with you, black stock, uh, black and white sock scandal back in 1919. 
People can argue that sports have always been rigged. And sports are rigged and just constantly rigged. And I think that right there is is something that is just the should be the scariest thing to all to all. Cause that right there, like you said, could could just ruin sports and and all. Gambling could wind up just ruining everything. What I was saying though wasn't that and there's no evidence that anything's rigged right now. I'm just saying in the circumstance where one bag egg happened now, like Tim Donahue did in the NBA, it could literally bring down the league off the amount of lawsuits and like people saying it's rigged. Because like there is no evidence right now that there is. Like I don't the last thing the NFL would want, the worst thing for their product, they have no benefit to rig games. The worst thing for their product would be that people believing or finding out or whatever it is that the NFL is rigged because that would bring down the entire league. So, like, I, I don't think it is, but, like, that's what they're trying to avoid with this. You don't want people thinking it is because if your players are betting on something that they're playing in and determining the result of, that's an easy way to get bad eggs. Not the NFL, like, rigging results, people going out there and rigging results, the Tim Donahue stuff. So, like, that's what you have to avoid, and that's what's sketchy for it because it's hard to avoid. It only takes one. It takes one bad person doing something, and it gets it becomes hard to catch and hard to police. So, like, I could not disagree more with anyone that says any of the major sports organizations are rigged. Completely disagree. But with all the betting that's coming out now, if there was one bad egg in there who was rigging things, it could fuck up the entire organization Organization at this point because they are promoting betting on it. They are telling you to put your money into our product. And if we find out that you, someone in your product was predetermining or adjusting the results, that could fuck up the entire thing. Very. Yeah, man. That's, that's scary to me. That's scary to me. And I think that's why they never wanted to make it legal. There was always money to be made here. It was never a question of, like, they could step right in and make huge checks from DraftKings, MGM, FanDuel, Alt-Caesars, all these all these uh, sports books and casinos. But this, this is the risk. And they're going to have to police it pretty heavily. And I'd imagine they know a lot more than we do. I'd imagine the leagues have people studying films and official calls from each game to try and find any official whose calls are, like, off compared to other ones or they have a they have a report i saw this a few years ago in the nba i wish i could find it now it was super interesting they had a report in the nba and they released it publicly on every single referee in the league and the percentage of calls percentage of blown whistles they had and you could see which refs called the most and it was consistent there was like um why can't i fuck it not joey crawford but who's the scott foster the annoying the annoying ref that Harden, chris paul a lot of guys in the league hate called like it's not not him rigging it it's just like refs are different like by hard, by the, by high the, by by and large the highest foul rates and everything. So you could see how different they have analytics to track how different refs are calling stuff. So I guarantee they're looking at this to find any outliers and they're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? So they're policing it for sure. But it is it is risky. It's interesting. Yeah, man, it is kind of wild with all the money in in this, dude. Like all the money, it's just that's what's the craziest thing to me, bro. Less than six months ago, I was on here begging to be able to sports bet. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all good. Been begging. Been begging for college athletes to get paid. Now all of a sudden, they can get money. Uh, just just to see how things to meticulate once something goes from such a hard line to not into, like, allowed. I don't know. It's just it's very interesting to me. I don't know. It's just wild to kind of see where everything's at with all that yeah crazy um yeah no that's basically all i had besides the fact baseball is back i know you don't have much on it but i know smats is happy about it 
Opening day yeah. is April 7th, 162 game season, universal designated hitter, nine inning double headers. Runners will not start on base and extras, and expanded postseason to 12 teams. So, a few changes coming out in the new tentative agreement, but baseball is expected to opening spring training, I believe, today and get back at it as soon less than a month away now. So, shout out to the baseball fans. Shout out so to you, the Red Sox, man. Get those Fenway yeah. Franks. I'm not. I've been following anything going on with it, but I mean, you don't want any of the four major sports just not playing when they're supposed to be playing. That's a pretty terrible, awful look. So, good for them for figuring it out and getting it back going. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about it, dude. Where are the Knicks at right now? Are they in the plane or what? Oh God, no. God, no. Um, they'd have to backdoor that one. Um, they've, they've had some decent games. They're in the 12 spot right now. They're two games behind the Wizards, who are the 11. They're three games behind the Hawks, who are the 10. They're not. There's no way the Hawks are doing terrible. How's that ne- How's spot. that Knicks-Hornets game going to be looking a couple weeks from now? It should be good. I mean, like, look, T- Tibbs is not the guy to just rest his guys and there's, what, five games left in the season at that point? Like, in theory they'll be able to make the play-in, I would imagine, if they, like, win out or something. And the Hornets are going to be playing for something because they're the nine seed right now. There's a huge advantage to be a seven or an eight seed in the play-in because you only have to win one game and you're in compared to two. So, like, Hornets will 100% be playing. I can promise you Tibbs is not getting fired before the end of the year. He might he might get fired over the summer for sure, but Tibbs, while he's there, is not the guy that's going to throw in the towel and be like, oh, we're going to lose this game. He will run... The starters out there forty minutes, and the start and the Hornets will be playing. Bro, from f- coach of the year to fired the next year. Oh my Bro, god, that's happened so many times recently. Oh my George, god, George Carl um, with the twenty twelve Nuggets, the year Andre Iguodala was on the Nuggets. Dwayne Casey seed. with the Raptors, the three seed. Yep, that was the next one I was going to say. The three seed, they got upside upset by the Warriors. In the playoffs. He got fired the next year. Dwayne Casey with the Raptors fired the next year. Unreal, Andre looking like he's going to be the next one. My wow. guess for Coach of the Year, the betting odds favorite right now is Monty Williams. And it's tough because he probably deserved it last year, and Tibbs got it. Tibbs, Tibbs had a good coaching year last year, but I feel like Taylor Jenkins of the Grizzlies has to get it, especially because, I don't know, like we all, I think we all know, even though he deserves it, like I'd be shocked if Ja won the MVP. Like he deserves to be like consideration in the top three there. I would just be shocked if he won it. Not even saying he doesn't deserve it, just I'd be really surprised. And the Grizzlies are a top two, and I feel like they got to be the most surprising team. So, like, I th- I think he deserves Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies coach, probably deserves the coach of the year this year. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I'd push more for I'd push more for Ja for MVP than I would for Taylor Jenkins for coach of the year. But uh, I I think you're probably right in that essence, which is also kind of yeah. kind of my whole thing with the whole. The whole knock on the whole conversation we have about it, where it's like, oh, they're having such a great season. We can't give the MVP to Ja, so we got to give their coach, coach of the year. It's like, nah, let's just give the best coach, coach of the year. Let's give the best player MVP. That's also, and it's like, what's good here? How it works. So you're right. Because, like, the way the voting works is like, the voters aren't going to know who won MVP when they vote for coach of the year. So they're not going to be like, ah, we got to give it to the Grizz. They won't know that Ja Morant didn't win MVP when they vote for coach of the year. So. You're, you're right, that's not how it's going to be done, but I do think, I guess what I'm more saying is, like, with how impressive the Grizzlies have been, I think we all feel like 
it's either John Morant or it's the coaching because like the players are good, but there's no other one player that's carrying. That oh, it's John team. Morant. Coaching ain't so, bad, but it's John no, no, Morant. I'm not saying it's the coaching <laughs> carrying it. I'm saying like one of them at least deserves recognition. Yeah, because, agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I'm not saying it might the coach might be better than John Morant. That's not what. I'm saying. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well. James Harden didn't let me down, that's for sure. We'll see how he does the rest of these uh, games heading into the playoffs. Can't my, wait to uh, check it out. My award predictions, I got Jokic, <laughs> MVP, even though I wouldn't be surprised, and I said it would be in B about a month back. I got Mobley 100% now with the Jared Allen injury, locking up Rookie of the Year. There's, I don't see any way he loses that. He's the betting favorite, and now that Allen's hurt, he's just going to be putting up big numbers, even if the Cavs start losing. Yeah, much love for Mobley, but let me just throw in the fact that I saw Cade Cunningham. He won the uh, Rookie of the Year's uh, Scott, uh, challenge, Rising Star Challenge, 18 points total in the tournament. I saw he's the only rookie other than Michael Jordan, I think, to have a 30. Yeah, it's right here. Only rookies with 30-plus points, 8 rebounds, and 8-plus assists with 4 blocks in a game since 97-90, or 73-74 is Cade Cunningham and MJ. Bro, he's balling. The Pistons suck, but Cade Cunningham's been balling. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to not give it to Mobley because of how much better the Cavs team has been and how much he's contributed all year. But I do like what I've been seeing out of Cade Cunningham this back half of the NBA season. So I just need to throw that in there. Yeah, no, Cade Cunningham's making a run for it. I just think with how good the Cavs have been with Mobley playing, and now Allen being out, and he'll probably put up bigger numbers. It'd be tough for him to lose it. But Cade has been impressive. Scotty Barnes, too. Yeah. Josh Giddy was kind of getting himself in the running, but he yeah. missed some time. And the Thunder are just so bad, he couldn't beat out Mobley. I know. I saw the but, Thunder, uh, uh, Dort, Dort yeah, Jerome, and Muscala all out for the year. I'm like, all right, word. We couldn't have done this like a month ago and just the, then had the number one pick or what? The betting favorite for most improved is John Morant by a mile. But I don't think... I don't think he wins it. And it's not that he doesn't deserve it. I could think you can argue he is the most improved. But, like, the way betters vote isn't – they don't usually give it to, like, the Luca of the year. He even deserved it a year or two ago. It's like you don't you don't give it to the guy who's in the running for MVP usually. So while I think anyone could argue and would probably win the argument that John Morant is the most improved player, I don't think he wins the award. And my pick is Darius Garland to win most improved player of the year. I think there's an argument for DeJounte Murray, but Darius Garland on the better team. I just said I got J.B. Bickerstaff for coach of the year, even though I would not be surprised if Monty Williams steals it because of how incredible the Suns have been the last two years. Defensive player of the year has got to be the most interesting one because everyone thought Draymond Green had it locked up, and now he just hasn't played. And yeah, their defense fell apart, but like, can the guy's case for a defensive player of the year really go up after two months of not playing? That seems a little ridiculous. I don't think anyone wants to give it to Rudy Gobert again, even though any look at the numbers would probably support it being Rudy Gobert. And then the next guys in the argument are um, Jaron Jackson and Robert Williams in a lot of cases. So it's really, like, yeah, yeah. So like, no love, no love for Jared Allen. I know he just went down for the year, but like he was, he was a anchor for them down low, and the Cavs obviously with Mobley as well. Uh, I guess yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been impressive. I'd rather I I love the Grizz and Jaron Jackson Jr., but I'd probably give it to Robert Williams if those are the two names left. Like to be completely honest, they have because Robert Williams has been impressive for the Celtics, who obviously turned it around magnificently. Uh, And Robert Williams has been a mainstay all year, really, for them. Why am I not seeing the award stuff on here? 
Usually it's here. It's so weird. I've done a bunch of bets on it. I only see the team futures. They're gone. You can't bet on them anymore. No way. That'd be crazy. I put a bet in yesterday and won. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're just down at the moment. That's so weird. But yeah, the, the defensive player of the year odds. It was Robert Williams and Jaron Jackson up there. I wonder. It's getting it's getting reshuffled around a bit. I wonder who. Well, they're they're after Gobert and Draymond. Like I think Gobert wins it. I don't. I, I don't think know. Gobert I don't think wins it. He missed some go. games too. Who? So we got. Oh, no, that's not it. Any odds? I'm about to clip this recording. Okay, here we go. We got Rudy Gobert. See y'all next time on the Seggy Station. We got Rudy Gobert. Giannis, Jaron Jackson, Draymond, Robert Williams, Mikel Bridges, then it's Embiid, Mobley, Jared Allen. So, like, Rudy Gobert's the betting favorite again, but I guess he's going to win it. I don't know. What a ridiculous way to end this podcast. Much love to my friend Rich. Shout out to the Seggy Station. <laughs> Tyler Heroes, the betting, Six man the of the year. That's a great way to end it. I'm going to clip it right there. <laughs>